are not at war. Sailors do not need to die. If we do not act now, we are failing to properly take care of our most trusted asset, our sailors. That is a letter from Captain Crozier of the Navy who sent a letter sounding the alarm that his staff was being not decimated, but absolutely clobbered by COVID-19 and he wanted to stop it before it spread. Trump will be giving him the Medal of Honor. Oh, breaking news. Captain Crozier has been relieved of his duty for telling the truth. Job claims in Texas jumped 1,600%. President Trump now warning we're in for a couple of bad weeks here in the U.S. By bad weeks, he means up to 250,000 people may die from COVID-19 over the next several weeks and months. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 64 of Bizarro World. And Nick, I hate to start on a somber note, but things are crazy out there. First and foremost, how are you doing, sir? I know you and I are both celebrating our youngest birthdays this week. Congratulations to your little one, to yourself and your wife. Thank you very much. Uh, we're doing good. We uh, sang happy birthday to little Nick. He turned one year old today. Uh, FaceTime the grandparents. Uh, everything's going, I think, probably as well as it can go, given the circumstances. And hey, at least we didn't kill Captain Crozier like we like they do in China, right? <laughs> Elaborate a little bit more. Uh, well, my take on that is, you know, is I'm just gauging people's response to it, right? And I don't know if it's people trying to be humorous or they're in denial. Um, but you have this story come up where the, the Navy captain tries to protect his crew and is just telling the truth. Um, and the government wants to cover it up, right? It's the same as they wanted to cover it up in January when we knew here in Washington state that COVID-19 was already spreading and doctors were blowing the whistle then. Um, but it seems that there's lots of people in America that are fine to say, um, well, that's okay. Like, at least we didn't kill them like we did in China. Or the same with like the nurses and the doctors who have been now uh, either threatened with getting fired or actually been fired for speaking to the press about a lack of personal protective equipment. Uh, I was talking to some people about that the other day, and one of the responses was similar. Is, at least we didn't kill them like, the, like they did the doctor in China. And I'm thinking... Um, you know, I probably should have said something and, and been a big person and stood up. But I'm thinking in my head, like, is that really your take? Is that how far askew um, our entire like mentality and worldview has gotten that we're just willing to accept, um, you know, what's being done? And then just let me take it one step further and we can get into the topics. It's like it's still being politicized, right? Like, um, this person, I'm sure, was uh, a Trump voter, and I hate to distill it to partisanship, but that's we're very, very partisan recently um, in the United States, right? And so they feel like I think in their in their in their lizard brain that they still have to support <laughs> Trump, and so what he does has to be supported in combat of this virus. And so you'll say something like, because I've had these even in group texts, right? Yes, but the um, government reaction was slowed, and they'll say. Um, but that's because China was lying. And it's like, yes, but China always lies. That means our government wasn't smart enough to, to like counteract that. And it's like, then it just like devolves, right? They can't get past that. It's not a partisan thing that it's like humanity versus a virus. And it's not about like who comes up with what idea and you can criticize the response of the government. And we should be criticizing the response of the government because it was a complete and utter failure and clusterfuck. And then one more thing, sorry. 
I see people on Twitter saying the same thing almost about the financial markets. Like, um, mm. do we really need to be tweeting about the death counts and how many points down the S&P is every day? Like, how does this bad news help? And it's like, that's like freedom of information and price discovery and what the market needs to have uh, correct uh, pricing mechanisms, et cetera. Like, what do you want to be the thought police as well? Can I not like have a negative thought? And anyway, that's just some of the stuff that's going on out there. This shit's crazy. How you doing, Gerardo? Uh, <laughs> I'm doing well. Like you, I am. Um, I, I I am surprised that people still want to have conversations along partisan lines at a time where we are talking about hundreds of thousands of deaths just in the US and every life is precious. I don't care if it's India, here, China, you name it. Everybody's getting hit and we're still having conversations along partisan lines. I I, I couldn't help because I seen some of those same responses and actually had similar dialogue with people. Um, I couldn't help but recall how people just lost their shit. People on the right specifically lost their shit when Barack Obama had a cup of coffee and saluted the soldier the one time. You remember that? He was getting into a... and, and people were just like, oh, my God, you know, like he needs to be impeached immediately. What disrespect. I, I, I recall how people lost their shit when Colin Kaepernick, you know, chose whether you agree or not on how he chose to do it to bring attention to police brutality in America. And, 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 and people just lost it. Oh, my God, let's burn our socks and our Nike hoodies and everything else. And yet this captain who's looking out for his people, for his crew is asking for help, is asking for urgency, is looking to protect his people and gets relieved of his duties. He was fired. And I think if you look at the reaction of his crew, you can tell, you can tell that they were thankful for him getting out there. And that guy should be a hero. He should be getting a medal. He shouldn't be getting fired. That's what happened. He got fired. He shouldn't be getting fired. Um, And I don't understand how... We're so pro-America and let's make America great again on one hand. And then on the other hand, we're, we're, we're doing this to our military. And, and, and you know, Nick, when it comes to firefighters and military and, and, and first responders, I have the utmost respect for them. I think it's, you know, three, three, three of the most selfless um, uh, occupations that you can have. And I, I, I can't stand it when the left does it. I can't stand it when the right does it. I don't like to see military members um, treated this way. It's bad enough that we don't have the infrastructure in place to support them and their families for all the contributions that they make to our country. Um, But this is a damn shame. And I can't believe people aren't more pissed off about this. I can't believe people aren't more pissed off either. And that's one of the things um, I haven't really been able to figure out. We'll see in a couple of weeks as, um, you know, tens of millions of Americans don't have paycheck and, uh, you know, they got to pay for housing and groceries and uh, medical care, et cetera. But, um, you know, I'm looking at these quote unquote, you know, leaders or officials or whatever, and you can just um, sense that they're getting painted into uh, a corner, right? Why else would you have to don't test, don't tell, uh, want to sweep it under a rug because you're not prepared for it? Why else would you want to, um, you know, silence the the captain. It's like Turkmenistan. Did you see in Turkmenistan they outlawed mm-hmm. the word coronavirus? Like mm-hmm. you can't even say the word coronavirus. Like that doesn't make it um, go away. And the same thing in the in the capital markets and the equity markets, et cetera, where you got um, Kudlow in there saying uh, buy the dip. Now's looking like a great time to buy stock. So I, I think your bounce is is over. You had a nice little uh, whatever you want to call it there, relief rally or. Uh, 
uh, a bull trap. And you saw today weakness. The jobs number was out yesterday over 6 million. You're going to get that again. People haven't started to to digest yet that um, I, I don't think it can be V-shaped. I think you have an extended fallout from uh, the economy grinding to a halt. And um, I think people are having trouble in their mind uh, sort of separating the virus from the economics. They think if we can cure the virus real quick, that we can get back to it. But they haven't. And we've been talking about this, Gerardo. They haven't tied it together that the virus has set in force a series of things that are separate from the virus in the financial world that are then going to have to be dealt with in turn. And so this is just um, the beginning. And and so um, you and I talk about this a lot and I was writing about it this week. And it's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because you can sort of feel it like it's thick in the air. I was talking yesterday about how like hope and despair are peaking at the same time. And while we're starting to see some drugs that are having a good effect, we're also talking about, like you just said, uh, potentially uh, a quarter million dead in the United States. And so it's if we do everything right, Dr. Fauci and President Trump said. That's right. And so <laughs> I, I, I guess my question to you is, um, if we're talking about this war and the war is however you want to frame it, Keynesian versus Austrian, modern monetary theory versus sound economics, however you want to frame that, what does the playing out um, look like? Because you know, either they paper over it or or they don't, I guess. And I think you have a, a as good a handle on that as anybody. You know, we can easily say it's like some other Bretton Woods or something like that. And I think that's what it's going to have to come to. But um, that's sort of where I'm at. Right. I mean, I'm doing my day to day watching the market and trading this and that. But I'm also like um, I said this week in a video, I sold some of my retirement funds again. I'm back to 40 percent in cash. I was looking at bond funds today. I'm sitting in a money market now. So like I'm preparing. Right. And because I think there's going to be a drastic shift, as I think you do. Absolutely. No. And it's a shift that, frankly, I mean, you know, <laughs> call it what it is. We've called for this for years on end, you know, and, and we, we said bond market. We said a couple of different things. We knew the, that whatever it was going to be, if it was a black swan event or if it was a blow up out of Europe, which is still coming, um, you know, the bond market was going to be the canary in the coal mine. It would freeze up and that would be that that, that, that would be the signal. I think was that, you know, it was about to hit the fan. And that's exactly what happened. Be clear, everyone. COVID-19 is the flashlight. Um that, 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 that shone the light on all of the vulnerabilities that we had, not just here in the U.S., but globally. But man, I got to say, Nick, the response here in the U.S. on both sides, um, Republicans and Democrats, has been an absolute shit show. Um, the governor of Georgia yesterday, yesterday goes on television and says he just found out two days ago that asymptomatic people could spread the virus. Mm-hmm. This is the governor of a state called Georgia in America. Mayor de Blasio from New York just said the same shit. He just said the same thing. Mayor de Blasio of New York City, the epicenter, just said the same thing earlier when he was interviewed. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take for people on both sides to realize that these politicians do not care about you unless you have enough money to lobby them directly. It's just been not, a shit show. Not only that, but, and this is something else I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, it, it's a fight, right? Um, in a very real way, it's a fight versus all those things I just laid out, economic theories, et cetera, fiat versus uh, uh, precious bulls 
verse bears. And, 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 and you know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to generations, right? Yep. So at what point does a 30 something year old guy or gal um, say, you know what? Fuck you. You're getting the data wrong. You misallocated whatever it is. Pick your pick whatever whatever thing they messed up on because there's a lot. The testing, the allocation of resources, um, the healthcare system. I, I, I mean, just the the knowledge of the elected leaders themselves are showing how um, ill prepared and unknowledgeable they are to to lead and to react and to make good decisions. And so, it, it's just so clear in my mind. It frustrates me that it's not so clear in others. And I guess what I'm wondering is how long it takes. Uh, for it to become clear and when action crystallizes or um, I don't know, I wish I could be doing more other than, you know, tweeting and writing newsletters. But I guess every every person's got its place. The U.S. government is now saying it could take up to two months for people that are not set up with direct deposit to 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 receive their little twelve hundred dollar pittance of a fucking holdover Band-Aid. Um, two months. So what are people supposed to do between now and then? Let's ignore the amount. Let's ignore the amount that $1,200 compared to what everyone else, you know, the corporations and everybody else is getting is just an insult at the highest level. Now we're finding out that it may take up to two months. This is 2020, Nick. The government can't figure out how to get $1,200 to people that need and want it in less than two months if they don't already have direct deposit. Unacceptable. I don't care. I'm not sure what yeah. the holdup is there, but clearly if someone doesn't have a checking account and direct deposit set up, they're going to be among the most vulnerable anyway, those who need the money the fastest, right? Meanwhile, Whiting Petroleum Corporation's board of approval just approved $14.6 million in cash bonuses for the top execs a couple of days before it filed for bankruptcy. Why are these motherfuckers not in prison? It's a perverse system of incentives, and it has been for a long time, and the incentives need to to change for the system to change. So Captain Crozier goes home. Crozier, I, I'm messing up the pronunciation, but Captain Crozier goes home, relieved of his duties for protecting his men, and these guys walk away with $14.6 million in cash and then file for bankruptcy a couple of days for their, later. For their company going under, exactly. Absolutely insane. Meanwhile, maybe, no, yeah, backward. go ahead. No, it's backward. If you don't see that the system is completely backward in that respect, then gosh. And I say that a lot. I mean, I don't know where else to go, but gosh, it's like, what else do you say? What else do you do, right? Yeah, let's talk about unemployment claims, the market. Let's talk gold. Let's talk stocks a bit. Um, the market was just down. The overall U.S. indices were down, I believe, 2.1%, if I'm not mistaken. Um, meanwhile, unemployment claims... Um, for the past couple of weeks are up to nearly 10 million. That's up until March 27th. Um, we had a record increase of 6.6 million for the week ending March 27th. That's a trend that's going to continue. You mentioned the D word depression. I, I, I do believe, and we talked a bit off air, but I do believe that we're headed in that direction uh, globally. Um, but but I also believe that as, as, as fast as this has happened, um, it's going to take a lot longer for the economy to recover, but I think that the major U.S. indices will recover maybe by year end, maybe early 2021 because of what you mentioned. I believe they're going to be able to paper it up pretty quickly. Again, not the economy, not the economy, um, but the stock market, the major U.S. indices for the same reasons that I've been you know, 
jump jumping on tables and screaming and shouting and hooting and hollering about. I think that that Europe goes first. I think that just structurally they have more vulnerabilities that than than we do. I think other countries have more vulnerabilities. Other regions have more vulnerabilities. And in a world where um you know, blue chip stocks are still going to pay you a healthy dividend if you pick the right ones, that's going to start looking real good once the price discovery process plays itself out. And I don't think that takes more than two quarters in the stock market, not in the economy, in the stock market, which is always forward looking. Um, so again, I think that capital inflows to the U.S. will support the major U.S. indices, especially the blue chip names. I and they'll do. be able to continue paying dividends, et cetera. Not all the companies, but again, I think that's what's going to separate um, the, 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 the good from the bad, right? I think that's what's going to separate who gets the capital. Capital is going where it's going to get treated best. And I do believe that there's going to be many, many companies um, that are going to be able to keep their dividend um, and, and attract capital by year end. And I think there's a lot of other ones that won't and they won't see that capital come in and slowly but surely, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go away. And, and again, I'm a capitalist at heart. I, 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 I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I read a tweet earlier in response to somebody that, that asked you, you know, why, why, why do you keep reporting all this bad news and everything else? And, you know, I, I'm like you in a sense, I love this country. Um, questioning things that are broken and trying to fix those things is patriotic to me. It is not about pretending everything is okay. You can't manage a household or a relationship or a country by pretending everything's well if it's not. It just doesn't work that way, people. Um, So, you know, how does this all play out? Two different conversations. Are we talking about the stock market or are we talking about the economy? The economy is in for... I, I think years of, of, of a reset. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the implications there are still being sorted out, right? Yeah. And so I'm just going to keep asking you questions because I like this. I like where this is going. So um, is it something where like um, you truly do get a, a cycling, right? Where these 40% of listed companies that weren't profitable um, that are now, you know, just heaping on the junk, um, new issues, right? To, to keep the lights on where they're finally purged and so they're not in the indexes anymore and that's what allows the indexes to go to new highs because we're dealing truly with companies that have um, good balance sheets and and earnings and that have been good stewards of capital. Is that sort of uh, what you're saying? And then I guess as a side note, um, and I I think I know the answer, you're seeing seeing gold go into highs alongside stocks at new highs. I, I absolutely. I've, I've always said that however it played out, I wouldn't believe it was a real gold bull market unless it was able to rise alongside the dollar and the major U.S. indices. We're, we're, we're down 30% from all-time highs in the major U.S. indices here in the United States, obviously, right? Um, 30%. It's a 30% pullback. Can it pull back another 10%? Absolutely. Um, if that happens in the next couple of months and then we get capital inflows from Europe and, and Japan and China and everywhere else, um, can, can I see the dollar at 103, the U.S. dollar index at 103, 104? Absolutely. What will that do to, to, to regions overseas that are having dollar shortages as we speak? It's going to blow them up. And what will happen to that capital? Because it's not going to sit there and just watch itself implode. It's going to look for liquidity. It's going to look for quality. And so when you ask me the question of, will we see the best companies make it out of this? Are we talking the U.S. or are we talking of uh, about the U.S.? Europe? U.S., yeah. absolutely. 
Absolutely. I, I absolutely do believe that we're going to see uh, the recovery happen in the U.S. first. And I do believe that there's going to be capital flight into the quality companies. Um, major U.S. indices, you know what? We, can, we, we talk a lot about the banks and corporations and, and rightfully so when they do wrong. Banks deserve some credit here in the U.S. We're the cleanest, dirty shirt in the laundry basket right now. The bottom line is after the 2008-2009 financial crisis, they did the right thing as far as capitalizing. Um, they're not coming to the table for bailouts, if you notice. It's the oil companies. It's the airlines that bought you know, all the share buybacks. We talked about it last week. It's, it's the cruise lines. It's not the banks. The banks are actually acting as they're meant to. They're playing facilitator and enabler of all of the programs that the Fed, the Treasury, and you know the government as a whole is 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 rolling out, um, which again that has also been a shit show, right? We, we I spoke with you know Wells Fargo earlier and Bank of America and 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 both of them were saying that in as it relates to this payroll protection program where they're giving loans to small businesses, they just got instruction from the Treasury last night. Final clarification. One one night before the program is supposed to go live. These are our elected officials. These are the leaders of America are calling the banks the night before to give final guidance. I mean, I just, I worry because the leadership in this country is being exposed on both sides, is being exposed so badly. And we're still having these partisan discussions about, you know, who, who, who's worse. Instead of saying they're all bad, let's get them all out, Right. The answer is spend more money. If, if, if you believe, you know, CNBC and Nancy Pelosi and, 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 and the Treasury Secretary, I mean, they haven't even, they barely passed guidance last night on this Small Business Administration Payroll Protection Program to help. I'm sure they, I'm sure they all read the bill. <laughs> right, right. And, and Nancy Pelosi's already calling for another one. They haven't finished giving guidance on this one. They haven't got the money out. They're talking two months for people to get a check. And they're already talking about another one. I just I just listened to President Trump a second ago saying he agrees with Speaker Pelosi on a two on, on potentially a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure plan. Now, I don't completely disagree with an infrastructure plan, but spending and, and counterfeiting money can't be our only solution. Like we have for, for, for the next time, for the next go around, we have to do better than this, everyone. This just is not acceptable. There's people that are dying and are going to die that did not have to die. And that is not a partisan issue. COVID-19 doesn't care any more than the influenza or anything else about your party affiliation. And we deserve better leadership than this. And I know that we usually start with markets and gold and, and, and all of that looks good. And, you know, the Dow was down 2.7, not 2.1%, but it was down 2.7. The NASDAQ was down 2.1 this week. Again, small drops considering that, you know, the volatility, right? The volatility index is still at 50 and, we, I, and I don't know about you, Nick, but this week seemed like a normal week for me compared to the last two. Relatively, sure. I mean, 400 <laughs> is, you know, not even half of the thousand point moves we were having in the Dow. And um, you and I have been watching Keith McCullough. The ranges have spread, so you don't have quite as much range to the upside as you do to the downside now. But certainly you have the potential to go up more than you did last week. So I want to ask you another question because you touched on it a bit with... Um, you know, papering over it and wanting to have new stimulus now and Pelosi and Trump talking about infrastructure. And that's on sort of like the fiscal side. And then you got the Fed um, doing unprecedented things, saying they'll do whatever is needed, limitless buying, buying ETFs now. We'll see if we end up taking stakes directly in companies. And, on, and then on the gold side, 
Um, even things you interviewed Van last week, Van Simmons, um, and we saw how the gold market broke widespreads between uh, New York and, and London, hard to get um, physical, and then some shenanigans at the exchanges, right, where they're allowing virtual deposits of certain bars, which is kind of bullshit. So there you have three things, the fiscal side, the Fed side, um, and the gold side, all pulling out all the stops, right? Um, you know, sleight of hand, uh, doing stuff behind the curtain, however you want to phrase that. Do you view those as like barriers that need to be overcome for the things that need to happen to happen or or, or are they stepping stones? The program is being rolled out or the way they're being rolled out? Um, all of it. Like the you saw the thing where, and I'm not going to get it right, but they didn't have enough um, real 100-ounce bars, so they were allowing um, 400 ounce bars to be divided digitally. It was something like that because there wasn't enough there. So how much more of that, you know, I'm going to call that stuff manipulation. How much more of that stuff can they do to stave off the inevitable? Because somebody was asking me today, well, why isn't gold at $10,000 already? You know, like that prick question, right? Yeah, I I would encourage those same people to, to to pull up a dollar chart and a gold chart and look at the past year or two. And I think gold's done phenomenally well considering That's the run. That's what I said considering the run that the dollars had, right? So to answer your question, I think that in every, and again, we touched on this last week when I said that every market was broken and vulnerable, whether it was infrastructure, municipalities, states, the bond market, fixed income, corporate bond market, you know, the Fed, the Treasury, everybody's putting Band-Aids on all of it. And and, and again, back to our fourth turning theme that, that, that we hit on almost every week, this is what leads us to that. And we are in the midst of that because these are exactly that. These are band-aids, in my opinion, Nick. These these aren't solutions. Oh, $1,200, sure. right? And, and, and so the questions aren't being asked right now with the authority that I would like to see them being asked. I, I've, I've seen very few people question where the money is coming from now compared to how they questioned Bernie Sanders four months ago when he was proposing to forgive college debt, whether you agree with that or not, or uh, universal health care, whether you agree with that or not. His plans didn't total what this is going to total at all. And we would have had universal health care and debt loan forgiveness. And, and I don't agree with all of that, by the way, just so everybody's clear. But again, I am waiting for the voices to question this spending, this blowout of our deficit, the way they were questioning that. Because it seems like two different approaches, depending on who's doing the spending. Um, and, and, and I don't like that. So I think these are Band-Aids. I think to answer your question more directly... Within two or three months, when things stabilize a bit, people will start asking those questions and asking what's next. And I think that we are in the midst of an early stage but aggressive currency war that the dollar is not going to lose, everybody. I know there are a lot of dollar bears that also happen to be gold bugs that believe one can't happen without the other. It was, it was, it was something, frankly, that for the past couple of years, I would always get pushback on when I would write in Junior Mining Monthly. You know, how do you see, even in New Orleans, you and I uh, did, did a presentation. We did the podcast together, mm-hmm. and I remember some questions afterwards. How do you see a world where the Dow's at record highs and the dollar's at record highs and gold is moving higher? It's never happened. And my answer was, <laughs> we've never been in this situation. This was back in, in the fall, right? Or in the winter. Um, last October in New Orleans at the, the, the New Orleans Investment Conference that, that Brian London throws. It's, it's my favorite conference. And, and, and my response was, these are unprecedented times. You're going to see things that we've never seen. Um, and, and I think we're there now. So again, I expect, I expect a lot more volatility. Um, but stability will come to the U.S. first. 
I think it'll take us a couple of months to paper through everything. There's going to be a stimulus. We talked last week how what we're getting right now is relief, not stimulus. This is a patch job. The next one will be stimulus. It'll be a couple of trillion dollars of infrastructure. There will be another relief plan where it's not $1,200. Everybody needs $1,500 now. Um, And then we're going to see bankruptcies and closures and the commercial end of it is going to get absolutely spanked. And, and, And there's going to be there's definitely going to be a reset. Um, it, it doesn't all happen the way that we wanted to. It's not going to happen in an orderly fashion, but it's going to have to happen because we don't have enough to just paper over all of it. Um, and, 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 and let's be clear again, Europe has shot their shot. They're already buying stocks. They're already at negative interest rates. I would not be surprised to see them try to go, go cashless. They've tried for the last few years. There's, there's lots of white papers out there from think tanks that think the best way for Europe to get back on track is, is by federalizing the debt, right? Making it to where we go cashless, we, we do a digital currency type thing, we get Germany to, and Italy to cooperate, right? Those, those tend to be the anchors in, in the Eurozone. Um, and, 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 and we do a great reset. I think maybe a reset happens there before it happens in the U.S., but only because they need it more than we do. We still have some bullets, relatively speaking, um, in the clip. The Fed's still got some tools in the, in, in the toolkit. There's some things they can still do, and they can ramp up what they're doing now because it's just counterfeiting. You mentioned the divvying up of, 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 of virtual gold bars and virtual amounts. This is like the Bitcoin shit from two years ago. It's the same thing. What, what was it? Unicorns and fake ponies and fake races that you could bet real money on? Yep. That's what we're doing. It's fake money from the Fed given to people in hopes it does. It provides a certain outcome. Um, and if it doesn't, we'll do more of it. And if we can't do it within the current guidelines, we'll just change the rules. I forgot about the, the Bitcoin <laughs> pony races. That's awesome. And um, Bitcoin has been getting its ass kicked. And just it was, one more It was question. awesome until it wasn't, right? That's right. And then we can change topics. So No, I think um, this I is timely, wanna, Nick. I think I this just is wanna, a great topic. Yeah. I just want to nail this down. So you see the dollar coming out of a great reset, I guess, is the question. Because... You know, Bretton Woods tied the dollar to gold and then Nixon took us off gold. Do you see gold being a part of the reset or do you think or do you see gold just going up because it's a it's a safe haven? I uh, well, both both to answer your question. One, it's a safe haven, right? You, you're not going to counterfeit. It's it's not it's it's it just that's what it's always been. It's always been a great hedge um, and, and it hasn't always worked to be clear about that. I'm not the gold bug person that's going to tell you that it's been flawless. Nothing is. But it's got a track record that's indisputable, right? So, so, so that's the answer to that question. How I see a reset happening, I believe gold has to be involved because central banks have lost all credibility. I think even the average Joe that's waiting on that $1,200 check is going to be asking the questions that we're asking now in, 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 in several months' time. Where is all this money coming from? How is that affecting my kids? How is that affecting my property taxes? What's that doing to our state and federal budgets? I think these are questions that people are going to start asking. And, and, and when, when the Eurozone blows up, because I believe they go first, um, or they make their power grab, it makes its power grab that I think it's going to try to make with this, with this cashless thing. Um, the only way that they're going to be able to roll out any kind of new initiative and, and, and retain some sort of credibility is going to be by including something in the new basket that, 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 that is indisputable as far as a limit on spending and, and, and some credibility to what everybody else knows is, 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 is miracle money. 
all currency is just miracle money. It, it's, it's about faith, right? You either have faith in the government that's printing it or you don't. I think Europe is toast right now. I, 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 think, I think paper money in Europe is going to be slowly but surely being done away with. And it wouldn't surprise me. Martin Armstrong has talked on it a bit. Um, if, if they were working on a digital currency, um, because it's an easy tax, easy way to, to tax people, right? If you can trace everything digitally, well, then it's much easier to collect on taxes. It's much easier to make sure that you know people aren't circumventing the law. And again, I don't think people will go for that unless you have it tied into a basket that includes something as credible and trusted as gold. It'll be in small amounts because the deflationary implications for having a basket that's heavily weighted in gold... Um, I, I don't think any government will voluntarily um, go through that. That's what we're fighting now is deflation, right? We're talking about a Great Depression. I've always said that the, the central banker's biggest fear was not inflation. They couldn't, they couldn't stroke inflation if they wanted to. They, they, they've tried. It was deflation they always feared, and they're getting it, and they're getting it simultaneously everywhere because everybody around the world decided to shut down their economies at the same time. Right, so there's no... Those dollars aren't chasing good. They're not getting turned over into the economy. Um, so is there going to be a run on the banks, right? If I'm sitting here, so I've taken out my maximum withdrawal out of the ATM for like the first two weeks of this pandemic. I did that every single day. Yep. Um, and I'm starting to think about doing it again. Not only that, but I'm sitting on cash, right? 40% of my retirement's on cash. Um, I've got cash still in my checking account. I've got cash in my brokerage account. As the crisis worsens, as these events come to bear and people go, um, choose your trajectory, whatever you want from uh, cash in their brokerage and money markets and then that gets affected and they want it closer to them. And so now they're starting to withdraw. Is there a, is there a run on cash? And then they start to hear that recent congressional bills have digital dollar language, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, ab I agree. Ab absolutely. I absolutely, I, I think there's a run on cash right now. You know, we, we, we heard this week that China and right, Russia. Right, because not everybody can buy UUP. Exactly. I guess I meant to say that in my question, yes. right? Yes, uh, yes, yes. We had China and Russia this week, and then they talked about how they're, they're, you know, for the first time in a very, very, very long time, they've stopped buying gold. And, and I'm going to speculate, and I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on, as you like to say, um, and speculate that it's not because they don't want to buy more gold. It's because they don't want to export dollars. I believe there's a shortage right now. The mm. bottom line is a rising dollar is going to export deflation, right? To the countries that use a dollar peg. If there's a shortage of dollars and the dollar continues to rise here, how do you, how do you solve that? How do you solve that? The Fed's trying. It stepped in and set up credit swap lines with Make everybody but China. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you answered the question, Nick. So yeah, absolutely, there's going to be a run on dollars. Absolutely. If, you, if, if, if you're fortunate enough to have some in the bank, go get some of that out and, and, and you know, keep it somewhere safe because there could be a scenario where it's not available to you. And I am not the, the doomsday pessimistic person. I tend to be pretty optimistic in nature, but these are different times. And, and a lot of what's going to happen isn't anything that you know, the Fed will be able to control. Um, and again, if, if, if you're listening and you're outside of the U.S., you're likely more vulnerable than anyone else. You should really be taking actions to make sure that you have several months, if, 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 if you're in a fortunate enough position to do so, of, of frozen goods and, and, and cash in hand. And, you know, yeah. And it's, get... it's a different mentality, too, because um, I know you're, you're an immigrant, and so you know. But, yep. um, you know, my grandparents, you know, you fix everything until you couldn't fix it anymore. And you put, you put patches on your patches on your patches. Absolutely. Your you know what I mean? And so yep. I was, I was, until so you're proud of them. 
Well, absolutely. I was so in my work jeans this past weekend and I was listening to Rickards this morning. He was actually talking to Keith McCullough, talking about yep. when you remember your grandparents living through that. I mean, you don't remember it, but you talk to them about it. Right. And then I certainly remember like picking up cans on the side of the road when I was young and we would take our cans to the recycling, like three bags at a time and get our five bucks or whatever it was. Right. And, you know, um, hand-me-downs and this and that. And that was just because um, my grandparents lived through the depression and they were poor when my mom was born. And that's how my mom was raised, right? And so in America, you've sort of, and, and this is tying it all together generationally and cyclically, right? Yep. Um, you had people like that in the 40s and 50s and 60s, but then um, in the 70s and 80s, as the cycle turned and as you know, middle America gets wealthier, et cetera, we, we aren't as frugal and we aren't as prudent with our funds and our savings and how we view putting cash in the mattress and having access to cash and gold and things like that. And so just when it's almost erased entirely two generations down, what happens? You start to cycle back to that, right? Because that's the cyclicality of the markets and that's the cyclicality of generations. And I think we've got a lot of those factors at play right now. I, I absolutely agree. And, and, and I'll make one last point. And again, just me being a simple person asking simple questions. If we know that a rising dollar exports deflation to the countries that use a dollar peg, and, 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 and several countries and regions start blowing up as a result. Why would anyone outside of the U.S. ever want to come to the table, Bretton Woods style, and introduce a new system where the dollar is still the dominant currency in the basket if we know where it led us this go around, right? For whatever reasons. We can, we can, we can argue about the irresponsibility of how the euro was created. We could argue about you know, how China manipulates. We, we could argue about a number of other things. But the bottom line is... That's what it is right now. The dollar exports deflation to countries that use a dollar peg. So if there is a great reset, I believe there will be, it won't be a great reset where the dollar is as dominant as it is now um, for several reasons. One being China is going to have a much louder voice and a much louder say this go round as to what goes in. Again, I think that support. Will they? Will they now? Do they have? And this is something that's just emerging now. Do they have a, as strong of a voice now after lying about uh, the coronavirus spread? Do they have as formidable of an influence on the global stage? And I'll tell you something else I heard this week from another tinfoil hat guy is um, maybe we let the virus spread as long as we did the Western governments I'm talking about to make China look even worse. What do you think about that one? I think that's a heck of a speculation. That would be criminal and immoral. Um I, 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 oh, I, come on. But they don't do that stuff. <laughs> well, that, 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 that was my answer to your question. They already do all this nasty stuff. I don't think, and let me be clear. I do believe China, just like they cover everything else up, the economic numbers, job losses, employment, uh, censorship on their own citizens. Like I absolutely believe they mess with the numbers. And, and I absolutely believe that, that, you know, they, they, they lied about the severity of it. But I also absolutely believe that our administration, our government on both sides of it, absolutely, you know, messed this up. You and I were talking about this in early January. No, it's bad. And, they did yeah, a bad job. Yeah, yeah. So, so to get back to your question, yeah, I do believe that China will have a loud voice and a big seat at the table. Why? Because of the amount of treasuries they own. That's the bottom line. You know, the bottom line, Nick, is you can walk into any store and if, uh, if, if, if you have enough cash and if cash right. or treasuries. It don't matter what you're wearing. Don't matter what you're wearing right now. You have the flannel or the tux, right? And and that's really you. it's sad, but that's what it comes down to right now. And, and and we we talked about this over a year ago. We talked about you know how a great reset would happen, and we speculated. And and, and part of what we said was exactly that. You know that that the the, the, the overseas defaults 
escalate for whatever reason, black swan event. Now we're here. Dollar rises. It's going to force some defaults. That's coming. Um, so what happens after all of this? I think everybody sits down in a coordinated fashion and says, we can't have this again. The dollar is too powerful and there's going to be some leverage against the United States that I think China has by way of, of, of their treasury ownership that they're going to be able to make some demands that are going to have to be met and satisfied. Donald Trump still calls the president a great friend of his, despite all this. And that's right he's, now. He's talking to everybody. He's talking to Putin. He's talking to MBS. He's got, I mean, it's, they're all, they're all chatting. Or say they're chatting. And, and they'll continue to, right? The same way that Bill Clinton used to chat with Rudy Giuliani, used to chat with Jeff Epstein, used to chat with Mike Bloomberg. I mean, it's a, come on, it's a big circle jerk. We all know that. We all know that. What we want is we want to have dialogue and we want to encourage people to, to, to force their, 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 their county and city and state and national leaders to have intelligent conversation and, 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 and plans that prepare us better. Um, you know, Mayor de Blasio, the same guy that just found out yesterday, apparently, that asymptomatic people can spread the COVID-19, the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, that's the same guy right now on TV that's begging for ventilators, saying they'll run out tomorrow. Well, maybe if you didn't former, have your head up former, your ass. Former leading Democratic <laughs> presidential contender, Bill de Blasio. Yeah, ex- that guy. That guy. That's who is in charge of, you know, on, on the mayor side of it. Thank God that, you know, that, 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 that Governor Cuomo, who I don't agree with on a lot of stuff, but I, 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 I admire the, the leadership stance that he's taken on, 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 on getting as far ahead and being as clear on this COVID-19 uh, thing in New York. But because if it was de Blasio, oh, my Lord. <laughs> You, yeah. you think it's bad now, right? But again, why is this guy the mayor of a city like New York City? Why was he a front runner for the presidency at, at one point? It's insane. It's insane. It's 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 yeah. It's bizarre world, everyone. So well, because it was idiocracy, and you had people like me who just don't vote because they're so disengaged and you know unenthused with the system that um, you you know. The let's look at the voter turnouts. I mean, it's embarrassing. That's why. Absolutely. Let's talk markets a bit, Nick. That's, you know, that's, that's all of that was a great macro conversation and a lot of speculation and where we see things going and what we hope comes out of it. Um, you know, the bottom line is gold closes 1620 had a great week. Look at a 30 day chart. If I do that right now, if I look at 30 day chart, the range is 1471 to 1679 to be sitting at 1620 with the dollar over a hundred, the dollar index. Um, I'm encouraged by that, especially in light of the fact, as we mentioned last week, that Russia and China have stepped back from purchases for now. Um, that margin calls, we had Q1 just ended. People had to rebalance. People had to sell. People needed liquidity. You know, gold got hit as a result of it. And despite all of that, bounced back beautifully. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the gold space and, and where you see that going, Nick. It, it looks strong. The the range has narrowed over the past couple of trading days. Um, that fourteen hundred level you said up to just around seventeen hundred has was really wide in in late February and early March, but has has settled down a bit. It looks good. I you know I've been saying for months, even before coronavirus, that even at fifteen hundred dollar gold, you got to look at the sensitivity. You know, we're writing about sensitivity analysis. You remember the good old days, Gerardo, and why mm. the stock should be hotter anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so I'm taking it all in, right? What worries me a little bit, and I'm not talking about the gold price now, I'm trying to figure out how all these shutdowns um, play out in the market, right? And uh, why you would want to buy a company whose whose operations are shut down or if investors will be willing to do that simply because they know they will resume and they have um, gold reserves. And so 
I don't really have much else to say. I mean, I'm a gold bull. I have my positions. You know what my positions are. I continue to add to them. You know what I've written checks to in the past couple of weeks. I've yep. written about what I bought in the market, the Midas's, the Almadids, the uh, Magnas. And so um, just watching the the daily developments and and trying to have some patience, right? Because we just went through the whole um, thing in 35 minutes, but really that could take like three and a half years, right? And so um, just trying to be tempered, be realistic. I, I wrote yesterday that um, even though if you're 100% confident where this thing is going and how it's going to end up, um, you still got to look uh, ahead of you every single day because uh, of the volatility and the ferociousness of the moves and because um, the virus is still going on. So um, not doing any trading of gold. And that's maybe why I'm not really interested in answering this question directly is, is that I know it's going higher in the long term. And so um I'm just watching, I guess. Sure. And again, folks, invest for the cycle, because if, if, if yes, gold looks strong right now, but is, is there a pot? And here goes some more speculations, more macro speculation. Is there a possibility that the dollar continues to rise and there are defaults overseas and those defaults lead to a massive liquidation of gold reserves by countries and central banks. Absolutely, that can happen. And that would be that, you know, that would be a pullback that, that again, I believe would be quick because of the velocity of everything now. Um, but it could be significant, right? You, 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 if we break below 1450 and it looks like we have solid support there, which, which is again, encouraging compared to what we were talking this time last year. But if it breaks below 1450, you could see a scenario where, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're headed down towards that $1,200 level again. That could happen in a scenario where the dollar continues to rise and blowups happen overseas and people rush to, 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 to sell an asset class that has been profitable and is liquid. Gold absolutely checks those boxes right now. So, you know, I, I would caution people if they're looking to trade, um, you, you better be trading around a cycle and or, or be extremely good at what you do. Um, because we're going to see some things in the coming months that I, 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 I don't think a lot of people even now are prepared for the same way that, you know, even the, the, the so-called bond Kings of the market completely missed the fact that the 10 year would be, you know, yep. double digits, not triple so digits. Strong. Yep. Yeah. They have the best research in the world. I've been writing two, three years, just little old me from my, my, my home office in Austin. It was clear as day to me. I was way early on it. I'm usually early on stuff, but that was clear as day to me. I could see how that was going to play out. And, I, and a black swan capital flows told you exactly what it was going to be. And you know, the, 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 the big boys and gals of, of the markets missed all of that for whatever reason, for whatever reason. So will there be more of that? Absolutely. Anybody that tells you they know how this plays out is lying. I don't know how it plays out. I know what it looks like in my head and how it may play out in my brain logically. Um, but like you said, that could be three years from now. That right. could be five years from now. So it's, 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 it's critical that if you're in the market, you're watching this every day or you're listening or talking with people that are watching this every day because it changes every day, every hour. It's, 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 it's a different market right now. So just uh, keep your finger on the pulse or make sure you're speaking with people that have their finger on the pulse of whatever your space is, real estate, residential, commercial, whatever that is, gold market, silver. I mean, look at 30-day chart of silver. It's insane. It's insane. The low is 1194. The high is 1741. We're sitting there right in the middle, 1438. That's volatility. <laughs> 
and 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 it's not gonna get it's not gonna get calm. It's it's we're 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 quite a, quite a bit away from that. Yep. And you're going to see it across many asset classes, real estate, et cetera, which you mentioned. I'm seeing just here in my area, signs going up, uh, signs coming down. Everybody's trying to make their move, right? Do they want to um, you know, sell their house and get the best price now if they think it's going in the tank? Do they think everybody's going to flood to the Pacific Northwest to get the fuck out of the cities? Maybe they're pulling their house off the market to wait. It's all just very interesting to read and watch. It's a heck of a social experiment, unfortunately, with some deadly consequences for people and some real life uh, financial consequences, aside from the, 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 the human aspect of it, the, the, the medical aspect of it. Um, and it's indiscriminate. It don't matter if you got resources. It doesn't matter if you're a, a jazz guitarist or a country music singer or it doesn't matter. It's 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 very real and very sad. Yeah, we're 50 minutes into this. We haven't talked about the fact that oil, you could buy, <laughs> oil was trading negative <laughs> at some point this week. Enlighten us on that. I, I I had to go dig a little after I saw your tweet and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> absolutely true. Absolutely right. Can you explain that to people? Well, different oil around the world has different prices. And I only know this from my energy and capital days, right? Uh, Jesus Christ, a dozen years ago, um, you know, West Texas and sweet and sour and sulfur content and all that. It all has different prices based on how hard it is to refine. So, um, you know, sour crude is harder to refine. So in Wyoming, there's a type of oil called Wyoming sour, just like there's whatever West Texas intermediate or whatever. And last week, uh, Wyoming sour oil um, came at a 19 cent bid, meaning that the producers <laughs> were willing to pay the consumers uh, to take a barrel of oil. I mean, negative price oil. I remember when we were talking about um, peak oil and we were never going to see oil below $100 again or whatever it is. And so um, just incredible times. I mean, I never thought I would see negative oil in Alberta. Um, you can buy a pint of beer for cheaper than a pint of, or a barrel of Albertan oil, right? Um, $4 it was trading for in Alberta this week. And so... Um, we don't have to spend a lot of time on oil, but I, and I know there was a price war and I know that uh, Saudi said they were going to pump and the Russians walked away. And I, I know all of that, but I think that the price of oil is, is, and I've said this a bunch of times now, so sorry if you've heard me say it, it's bigger than that. I mean, oil is like copper, right? If you got oil trading at negative dollars, it's telling you that there's serious, serious economic implications, right? Uh, it's not just uh uh, short-term shock. It's not just a Trump tweet. It's not just an OPEC meeting. There's something that wider and more systemic going on with the global economy, which is, so should be clear to see. Absolutely. And you all talk volatility. We're talking 30% moves up and down over, over days, right? I mean, just what a crazy week. And again, the fact that it takes almost an hour to even touch on that and that we dedicate 70 seconds or you know 90 seconds right. to it just speaks to the amount of carnage out there and the volatility and and just how unpredictable everything is. Yeah, I think oil was up 12% yesterday or something. And so uh, moves like that in oil are, are just absolutely crazy. And we don't have enough minutes in the day at this point to uh, um, take it all in and comment on everything. And certainly stuff gets missed. I was telling you before we started recording. It just, I'm exhausted at the end of every day. It feels like there's uh, not only do you have to do your normal job, but uh, you're doing it in slightly different ways taking meetings differently, maybe or learning a new program or software or, uh, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, yeah, yeah well, while, while simultaneously being worried about family members and friends <laughs> yes, exactly. and loved ones and trying to, you know, trying to guide the ship that way. Right. And, and so no it's, um, 
it's uh, definitely all hands on deck here um, in 2020. It's been interesting. I have a happy story for you. Good. Let me hear it. Have you heard of the gentleman who survived and lived through the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, World War II, and has now recovered from the coronavirus? I think my wife mentioned it briefly, but that's a heck of a lifetime. It's a heck of a lifetime. This gentleman started showing symptoms on March the 5th. He was isolated in his room, and now he's considered completely recovered. I'll put a link up. It made me smile. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a good story at a very tough, tough time. He was very, very ill, apparently, according to his family. And, and the guy's just got a lot of kick and he ain't going easy. So, um, kudos to him, kudos to his family. Um, and that's he made it. it that's through all two I got. fourth turnings. He guy. made it through two fourth turnings. Absolutely. So I'll put a link up you see the smile on the gentleman's face and just how happy everybody around him was, um, put a smile on my face. Love it. What else you got, you buy, Nick? Uh, did you buy your masks yet, Gerardo? We bought our masks this week. I'm, I'm wondering if you bought your mask. Uh, I, 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 we've been fortunate enough. So my wife for a long time was a, a director of environmental services. And so what she did was two parts, right? The one part was overseeing, you know, a department of about 40 people that's responsible for everything from linens to housekeeping to making room, making sure that rooms get taken care of. But the second part, um, was she was also in charge of, you know, all the disinfecting and the hazmat and the training. And, you know, we, we, we had a couple of different things with Ebola and, and with, with, with several other um, viruses that, that it was her, her job to prepare the hospital and, 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 and train everybody for. And so she was quick back in mid-January um, to source a couple of masks for the entire family. Um, again, you know, she saw this early on and prepared. Excellent. I saw this early on and prepared. I'm not allowing politicians to get up on TV and, and, and play stupid and tell me they didn't know. I'm just not, it's just not going to happen. So to answer your questions, luckily, yes, we have, we have masks. Um, you know, we, we, we got our freezer a month and a half or so ago, stand up freezer. It's stocked full of stuff. It has been for a little bit. So, you know, just taking all the precautions that you can take and, uh, absolutely being responsible and then keeping away and, and, you know, just doing, doing our part. That's all you can do. That's it. We got a pig coming on April 18th. I think I actually might have to fill out some butcher instructions or anything. And, um, you know, seeds, little seedlings went in last week. I'll till up the garden this weekend. And that's what you can do right now, right? I love it. Got half a cow on the way, splitting out with my sister and her family. And, um, you know, it's um, it's it's whatever you can do, folks, whatever you can do. If it's if it's a bag of beans, if it's a cow, if it's a pig, if it's, you know, something much smaller, whatever, whatever you're able to um, store that won't perish, I, I, I strongly encourage everyone to do so. And again, if you're outside the U.S., be careful out there. Don't get caught in a situation where all your money's in a bank because, um, yeah, you want to have something handy. You want to be liquid. Good advice. All right, Nick. I that, that That's all I got. It's been a crazy week despite relatively calm, <laughs> right? Um, the volatility index, as I said, stays at 50. We made it through another one. Um, hopefully, we're back here next week. Anything else you'd like to add, Nick? No, that's it. Looking forward to a new one. That's all I got. Have a great week, everyone. Please be responsible. Don't be like those dumbass kids in Florida that were still on the beach as of a couple of days ago. Um, if it's not you, do it for someone else. We need to come out of this with a better sense of community, as Mr. Hodge has said over and over. That starts now. I am Gerardo Del Real with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 64 
of Bizarro World. Be safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Stay the fuck away from people. See ya.